Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Vitaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. I'm extremely proud of what we've accomplished, but not in any way um, satisfied or going to get complacent with where we're at. Um, every year you start over, and every year that, that fire, I can tell you and promise you, that fire burns within me uh, as bright as it did the year before, if not more, more so. So, um, you know, we're disappointed, yes, but not broken. Bill's head coach Sean McDermott at his end-of-season press conference earlier today, attended by Matt Perino, our next guest, covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post-Standard. And Matt, appreciate everything that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean said today. And I, I guess I'll ask you, in your opinion, is this season a failure for the Buffalo Bills? Uh, that's a great question. And I think probably one that we can do a whole podcast on, you know, like the merits of what Sean McDermott talked a lot about today. And that is six playoff appearances in the seven seasons that he's been here. And I think in the moment, in all of these seasons, you know, in the immediacy of the losses, it's natural to be unhappy with their their inability to get over this proverbial hump and you kind of get yourself removed from the fact like okay I don't really care as much about the six playoff appearances in seven seasons because it keeps ending in the same thing but at the same time as somebody that lived through the drought you know from a fan's perspective I feel like I have that unique um, vision into what it feels like to finally have what this regime has brought, which is a lot of success. I do agree with Sean in that assessment, but what is ultimately going to be the, the moves or the shift that leads them to winning a championship? Cause it does feel like they're in a, the same spot that they've been at the last couple of years without incrementally, um, moving in a direction that I feel puts them in any kind of different place. And if anything, now heading into this offseason, you're in a place where the job for Brandon Bean is going to be tougher than it's ever been because of how much they're paying their quarterback with how many proven players on their roster they're potentially going to lose. And so it's, is the season a failure? I don't know. I, I, I stopped short of saying that. But I do feel like there's elements of the the result that feel like a failure. Matt Perino uh, joining us. Uh, he was out in Buffalo today at the Orchard Park, I should say, and as well as the game. Um, 
Yeah, you brought up these moves and all these free agents, Matt. Um, in your time covering the team, because of the cap situation, because of the number of free agents, should we expect for the most roster turnover here uh, in the Sean McDermott era? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think you you could be looking at, like, maybe, like, four. I've got to look at it a little closer, but four new starters on defense next year, uh, depending on what happens with Daquan Jones. Um, uh, you have uh, Leonard uh, Floyd, who's a, who's a free agent, both of your safeties. You know, and then um, do you want to bring in competition for some other spots? I mean, that that is something that I think – Sean McDermott is going to, and Brandon Bean, they're going to have to figure out. Um, on the offensive side, you're going to have probably a new starting wide receiver opposite Stephon Diggs, depending on the market that materializes for Gabriel Davis. And, you know, I think Davis is this, like, mercurial, like, polarizing figure that, like, for, for all intents and purposes, had a really good run in Buffalo these last four years. But I almost feel like it just – it feels like they need to go in a different direction. And you look around the league at some of the really fun, young offenses. Like I think of Detroit, I think of Houston and what do those offenses have that the bills don't. And I think like that young speedy, like multi-purpose wide receiver that you can make an argument for in their schemes is the number one receiver. Amon St. Brown in Detroit tank Dell when he was healthy in Houston like, to me, that's the next iteration of this offense is finding that player that you can put in this offense that could be a complementary piece to Khalil Shakir and Stephon Diggs as Diggs now goes into that next iteration of his career. Like, do I think Stephon Diggs is still a number one wide receiver in the league? I don't know. Uh, I've never been closer to saying that he's not. At the same time, not, not willing to say that he's not. And Brandon Bean says – that he is. Yeah. And so I think they're going to treat him as such. But I think you go out this offseason and you bring in whoever's going to be his replacement is, whether it be in the draft, which is where I think they should look, and then also figure out what that role now looks like in maybe a transitional year with Diggs because the contract is just too rich to get out of it. So I'm glad you brought up Diggs. I, I, you know, and I want to talk about what the Bills will do versus what they should do and what we all think they should do versus what they probably actually will do. But Brandon Bean's comments on Steph Diggs stuck with me. And they almost came off to me as if it was the GM pumping up the tires of an asset that he might be looking to find something for. If you're evaluating everything, that's got to be a part of it. And Diggs, to his credit, all season long was a great teammate. Everything they say about Diggs is true, but we don't know how bad it was in the offseason during the minicamp when Diggs was sent home. We don't know what he said to Bean and McDermott and what led to this kind of downturn in production here the second half of the season. Long way of asking the question, is Steph Diggs on this roster come training camp? I will say yes. And the reason I say yes is because I don't know if this is a better team just at the bare minimum with Diggs off the roster. Because you're basically going to take that astronomical hit, whether you do it pre-June 1st or or post-June 1st, just to have a guy off the roster – I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Like, I don't, I don't know if this offense is necessarily better. If you're, you know, going to trade them and, uh, you know, get a draft asset and, and that way you can, 
kind of bring in a bunch of you know young rookie players and kind of build that way. Like I, I think the model is set. Like you, you know, Green Bay has done that. They did it with Jordan Love, and it, it worked out well. Now they didn't have a huge dead cap hit that they had to eat on the other side of Devontae Adams, but there is a world you can live in where you go in a completely different direction and somehow found find a more um, productive offense. So if you think you can, you can attain that, then sure. Maybe like, think about it, especially if to your point, it's been more of a headache than even anybody's been willing to lead on and which that's natural. We're never going to probably learn maybe until two or three years after Diggs is gone, what really went on and how uh, bad it it was at at its worst. Um, But I still think that Stefan Diggs is an elite player in this league. So I think having him back makes a lot of sense, but that's without knowing the depths at which, at how bad it potentially is. You know, you might be able to convince me that it's addition by subtraction. Right. If it's so bad in the room that it would just be better to just flush it and then bring in new players. So Matt, and, and that's, and that was the second part of what I, where I was going to go with this because it really felt like down the back half of the season when they were on this stretch of wins and, and they, they find the, themselves as the two seed that they did it despite Liggs, Diggs' lack of production. Like, they won these games with Steph Diggs essentially being invisible. You can get that production elsewhere. Right. Um, everybody I've talked to, from Josh Allen to Cleo Shakir to Gabe Davis, will scream from the rooftops that a lot of that production comes because Diggs is still on the field. Like, he's not a guy that, like, teams aren't planning for to stop. Like, even if it just draws the attention of Legereus Need, like, what happens in a world where a young receiver has got to take that matchup and is Khalil Shakir as productive? Is Dalton Kikade as productive? I don't know. That's a great question, a great topic to, to discuss. I still do think we live in a world, and I, I've always thought that the natural progression for Diggs was to being this elite slot receiver at the, at, the, at the end stage of his career because of the suddenness that he has as a route runner, the just the, the football IQ and, and the way that he works against defensive backs, the way that he sets them up. Like to me, he would be like, like Cole Beasley, like uh, plus two, yeah. right? Like I, I feel like he'd be a better version of that, but it's got to work like personality wise. And I just don't know how bad that situation is. Um, I will say this, like being in the locker room all year, I don't want to put it out there that there's any type of, Rift between Allen and Diggs. We've gone through that. Allen has, you know, called him his brother the other day. He denied all of it. But it's amazing how, like, little you see them interact, like, in the room, like, behind closers. They do during the practice. Like, they're dancing with each other. They're talking with each other. But away from everything, like, you just don't see them interact a ton. So I, I don't know. Like, maybe that's a conversation for the offseason with Bean McDermott, whoever the OC is, and Josh Allen. Um, but I still expect him to be here next year. Matt Perino, Shout Podcast, Syracuse Post Standard, uh, our guest here in the sports bar. Matt, uh, look, Bills fans, uh, and you can make it an argument, like go get your future number one wide receiver in the draft. And, well, I, I think there's going to be another glaring need on this team. And, and listening to Micah Hyde yesterday, that sounded like a guy who – realizes that one of the options for him might be just to kind of hang it up here. And even if um, he were to decide to come back, I don't know if the Bills would bring him back as he's an unrestricted free agent. Poyer and Hyde, and the other end of this, Jordan Poyer, where, yeah, he came up with a big play, but I don't know. Like, the, the, the concern I have here, Matt, is that I'm not sure 
if you have your future safeties on this roster right now in terms of a next man up. Right, but I don't necessarily know if you need to spend a premium asset to try to find one. Like, I mean, where did they get these two guys to begin with? I mean, they were free agents, lower-end free agents that, you know, they weren't on the radar of a lot of teams, and, and they had a vision. So I think that's the one area that, you know, I, I, I think Sean McDermott can find value in players that can play those positions without having to, like, I've seen some mock drafts with safety in the first round. I would be absolutely stunned if the Bills went, first round safety, especially knowing that they do have to find the heir apparent to Stephon Diggs. And I think they just need to start spending those premium assets at the wide receiver position, knowing that you have Josh Allen, who still has a you know, number of years left in his prime. Uh, that would be shocking. I think they'll look in free agency. Uh, I think that they'll look in, um, in the draft and, and, and maybe even some UDFA guys. I think Taylor Rapp could be in the mix to come back next year. And I thought towards the end of the season, before he got hurt, he got, he got much more comfortable. So I think there'll be options. And I just don't know if those positions are as vital as, you know, what I think is going to, they're probably gonna have to draft an edge rusher guy. Yeah. I mean, AJ Epinesa, Floyd, uh, Shaq Lawson, all those guys, vital parts of their rotation likely are going to be gone. And so, and, and do you even want to bring back Shaq Lawson? Like he's been a really nice, reliable player for them, but I think you can even upgrade that player, especially knowing that they didn't get much, from any of those guys against the Chiefs. That's right. And, and Matt, that's exactly where I was going next. Gene's talking about the, the, the third level of the defense. I'm, I'm talking about up front, that defensive line that they've invested so much in over the course of the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean era to get the kind of result that they got on Sunday night is you can't look at it as anything but a failure from how much you're paying Vaughn Miller to, you know, at, look at Oliver best season of his career, but you still need more and you need him to show up when it matters most. And they were invisible on Sunday night. Invisible. And it's indefensible because we sat there with Sean and Brandon last year after the Bengals game. And they both talked about the inability up front. And they go out and they bring in Floyd. And I thought it was a great signing. Um, he, he was great in the regular season, the best regular season for an edge rusher they've had uh, almost in their entire tenure. And so that's, that's a plus. But you can have it fall, the wheels fall off in the playoffs in the same exact way when, to your point, you've spent all these resources. Like, where is, where is the, uh, the pressure on Eric Washington? I mean, Sean was complimentary of him today. Like, I think he has to be the one held accountable for the lack of production in that room when, you, when you're spending that kind of money. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be forced to run it back with Von Miller, who I know that Brandon and Sean, with all due respect to them, uh, you know, wanted to play it off like this was the best game that Miller's had. I would disagree. Like, he might have done some good things in the run game, but who cares? They ran it against them down the stretch uh, in that game. And he was completely invisible as a pass rusher. And he did nine months to see if he – his knee can you know, recover and you can get some semblance of the player that he was before. But there's other questions about the guy too. Like um, I, I know that like Brandon Bean kind of said that they still feel comfortable about everything that happened uh, off the field with him uh, a couple months ago, but I don't think we still have all the information when it comes to that. And I, I thought it was pretty telling that Von Miller didn't talk after the game. He was one of the first guys out of the locker room. And then told reporters yesterday that he'd get us in a moment. And before we could even look, turn our head, he had gathered his stuff and, and kind of scurried out the back door of the locker room and left and never talked to reporters. 
That's a team captain. That's a guy making $20 million per season. And now you're going to run it back with him as your number two edge rusher because I probably saw him in behind Greg Rousseau. They're in a bad spot there. And if they don't bring back Daquan Jones and they can't spend on the free agent market, you're going to be depending on a very rookie-laden defensive line. It's, you better hit on the offensive additions because it's going to be all on Josh Allen. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It, are, are there three options with Von Miller or only two? Von, you know, option one, I think we all see, run it back and say all the nice things. Option two, that would seem like a bigger you know prayer than fumbling out of the end zone as uh, Hartman did. <laughs> option three, Matt, uh, is this. Would you actually bite the bullet and say, you know what, for the betterment of the team, we're going to take maybe a half step back. We've got to... We, we got to take this cap hit. He's he's taking up a roster spot that is not worthy here. We're going to move on, and it's going to be really ugly uh, for the cap this year. I mean, I, I think that decision would only come post June first. If you see things in um, OTAs that you're just not seeing the same burst, but even then, I still think that they um, are going to be like hard pressed. Like if you can even get seventy percent of the version that he was before. I still think you'd rather have that um, if you're comfortable with everything off the field than you would just like cutting bait and paying them anyway. And then, you know, not having a, a guy like the one thing you could say about Von Miller, he's played a lot of football in this league. If he can get back to some type of more consistent level of play just as a pass rusher, uh, I think you'll want that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a lose lose situation unless he finds some bit of his former ability, which I don't know if you can count on at this stage.
Matt, we talk a lot about how Josh Allen and he gets painted with broad strokes, but he's an alpha dog. He's more competitive than anybody else on the field. He has respect of his teammates. He has respect of his opponents. He's playing lights out and he, he really, you know, was the best player on the field on Sunday night. Can some of that transition into his personality off the field? Because I think that there's a killer instinct that guys like Brady and Manning, the elite guys have off the field that they expect more. And we heard Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean talk about, you know, Josh having insight and input into who they hire as the offensive coordinator. That's all fine and good. But if it goes south, the, the head coach is still going to fire the offensive coordinator without consulting the, the, the quarterback who had, a, a, you know, his endorsement on it. Can Josh Allen be a little bit more of that alpha off the field and help shape and mold some of the decisions that they have to make here this offseason? This is such an interesting conversation because, you know, the big takeaway from what is it, six seasons now of Josh Allen is that he's one of the guys, right? I think that's why guys love him so much and play for him so much is because they're, he's so relatable. It's so easy to talk to him. It's not like that with every quarterback. I mean, great quarterbacks around the league. Um, but I think Patrick Mahomes is that way too. But we saw even this year him growing a little bit into that all right, I'm going to have to be a little bit more assertive when things aren't going well and hold guys accountable. And I don't know how comfortable Josh is in that role. I don't know how much that is in his personality. Uh, it felt like Tom just, you know, Peyton always felt like that. I mean, I, you remember the Jeff Saturday yeah. exchange on the sideline. I don't know what point of his career that was, but that always felt like, always felt like Peyton. Um, and, and it's funny because I was thinking back to, you know the mic'd up segments that they put out every week? There was, a, there was a recent one where you can hear Dawson Knox in the background and him yell out right before they go, Dad? Like they always do that joke, right? Like the dad joke. He's got to be like the dad, I think, at some point. And be a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, you know, we've seen it at times, but I don't think we've ever seen it in like an authoritative role. And I don't know if that's in his bag. But to your point, I think he's got to find a way – to get it into his bag. And this might even go into the Diggs conversation. And maybe that might be motivation to move on from Diggs because maybe that's why he can't have that. Because when you have another alpha in the room or an alpha like Diggs, who to your earlier point is somebody that everybody respects as a leader, it might be hard for Josh to fully own that huddle when you have another guy that everybody looks to, even offensive linemen as that leader. So uh, I think that's a good observation and something that I wonder if that's something that they talk to him about. Matt, last one for me, and I feel like I could talk to you for like another hour, but <laughs> is there anything we haven't asked you yet? Like for you know, your takeaways from what happened Sunday night or your takeaways from locker cleanout day or, or what was said today here? You know, um, something that a lot of Bills fans have pushed back on me with over the last couple of days with my comments about Josh Allen after the game. I, I think it was a failure to understand my point more than anything. Like Josh Allen to me in that game is the last person that should get blamed for the loss. Right. But if we separate that part of it, right, of course, Josh was the best player arguably on the field that day. But what happened at the end of the day, he lost the game. And when we talk about elite players, like the best players in sports, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, we talk about them elevating their teams in the biggest moments. And I think when you look back at that game in five years, you're going to look back and, and, say, and who knows, maybe the 
story will get rewritten because he's got so many more years to go and maybe they get over the hump. Maybe he wins a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning didn't win in his first till he was 30. But in that game, when I look back at the season, I'm going to think, man, what if Josh Allen gets him into the end zone? He was so close. You know, Stephon Diggs could have caught that pass. Um, a bunch of different things could have happened. He could have seen some underneath stuff. They could have had a fourth and manageable and gone for it. But in the end, he didn't get it done on that drive. And those are the legacy-building moments that we talked about going into the game that you're going to remember that these things add up over time. And, you know, Michael Jordan is known that way. Patrick Mahomes is known that way because they deliver in those moments. And I think as we look ahead the next three or four years, we're going to look at these moments as ones that Josh Allen has to deliver in. And it's a shame because I thought the one that we remember the most was 13 seconds, and he did deliver in that moment. And it didn't matter because of, of you know, Sean McDermott and some of the other downfalls in 13 seconds. But it's a shame because being that great, the, of the greatest players that we talk about, to be in that category, you get, you get looked at in a different way in those moments. And uh, that was what, just one of my takeaways from that game is that I think it was a little bit of a hit to the legacy uh, that could always be rewritten. But for the moment, uh, I think it was a little bit of a hit. Yeah, it's the down cycle of the uh, being a Bills fan, right? Like we're, we're all kind of like still mopey after Sunday, but before long, the season of optimism will begin once again, and we'll start talk, start talking free agency and draft and OTAs, and before long, we'll be back at St. John Fisher, Matt, and, and I got to say, on behalf of Gino, the, the time that you spend uh, covering this team and spend with us here in the sports bar sharing what you learn covering this team is invaluable. We can't do it without you and really just appreciate your time throughout the course of this season as frustrating as it might have been from time to time. Hey, man, uh, this is always, I tell people all the time, uh, I do a lot of radio hits. Uh, This is usually one of my favorite 20, 25 minutes of the week. I mean, you guys are the salt of the earth. Uh, I've I've used that phrase a couple times this week, but I truly mean it with you both. Even Gino, who I got to say, every time I see your face in the press box, buddy, uh, it brings a huge smile to my heart. So, uh, thank you for having me uh, all these weeks. And hey, let's do it again next year. You got it. Matt Perino covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post Standard, sharing his observations here from the end of the season here. The uh, the game on Sunday, locker clean out yesterday, and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott speaking to the media in their end of season press conferences today. Yeah, it's a um, lot to react to. And the storyline about Diggs. Perino brings up a good point. Like, if you want Josh to really be the alpha, can't be the co-alpha on offense. Right. Right. And and Diggs has served his role admirably while in Buffalo. He's the guy that has been pumping up all the guys on offense. He's the guy. And Josh Allen told us himself at training camp, he's the guy that brings the juice. I need it. Come on. Positive. Always up. Getting his guys up. Getting them gassed. That's the role he's played. If that rubs off on Josh Allen and Diggs isn't around, Josh Allen can be that guy. Now, now you're the true alpha. Now you're the, not just on the field because you're already kind of that on the field. We know it. We see it. He's a competitor on the field, but I want it off the field too. I really do. I, he needs a little bit of that. It's not an arrogance. It's a, it's a confidence. It's a recognition of, Hey, if we're going to do this, then let's truly do it together. And and any good relationship is built on a foundation of trust. And you just know 
that Bean and McDermott don't 100% trust him. They trust him, but not with everything. They're not collaborating on everything. If you're McDermott, you forget, but you don't forget. Oh, I, in the I back think that, of your mind. That's what look, happened last spring. Yeah, yeah, I think that guy holds a grudge and doesn't forget. I think that guy will not let go of a grudge. I care. And not just McDermott, the entire organization. How do we know this? Exhibit A, Ty Dunn. I mean, right? Like, this is an organization. I can ask Matt Perino if the season was a failure, but if any of those beat reporters asked Sean McDermott if this season was a failure, are they at the next press conference? Do they keep score? Yes, they do. Yes, yes, they do. You can ask that question, and that's why. Why don't you ask the tough question? Well, you're, he's going to the card there. Like, well, we'll take a look at everything. You know, we didn't get to the goal that we wanted. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he'll. And that's fine. Yeah, but ask the question. Is the season a failure? You'll get the answer that that he gave. He didn't need. To, I guess you don't need to ask. The question, when you know what the answer is going to be, well, we're not satisfied. We're we're proud, but we're not satisfied. This, this is the answer. I'm extremely proud of what we've accomplished, but not in any way um, satisfied or going to get complacent with where we're at. Um, every year you start over, and every year that, that fire, I can tell you and promise you, that fire burns within me uh, as bright as it did the year before, if not more, more so. So... Um, you know, we're disappointed, yes, but not broken. Yeah, that that would be the answer you would get. You know, I was at the press conference, Danger. You were? I didn't I know I asked this. him that question. Get out of here. I asked him that question. Here, here's the tape. My question to Sean McDermott was, Sean, was this season a failure? Do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every, every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal. Right, which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't, know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? No, I mean, I don't think so. Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. What? You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other, other people's going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Yeah. Similar as that. Okay. <laughs> There you go. There's Giannis. Hey. What Sean McDermott got an accent? No, I mean, like, that's, uh, you're not going to get that answer from Sean McDermott because he's a little bit, he's not, he's not going to take as much offense as Giannis did to that question being asked. And he already knows what the answer is going to be. And the answer is what we've been saying all along. From the moment Giannis gave that quote, like, we hate that quote because the answer is yes it was a failure you were a one seed yes Yes. your coach lost his job a couple days after you said that the season wasn't a failure how are you going to tell me that the season wasn't a failure it was a failure but that doesn't mean that it was bad that doesn't mean that you can't learn from it that doesn't mean that you can't come back next year and be better and i think that's what sean mcdermott is essentially saying so you don't really have to ask him the question because you get that answer anyways But it's hard for me to look at the season 
knowing that the Super Bowl was that close and not say that it wasn't a failure. Every year you don't get it. It's a failure. Doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. Doesn't mean that you can't improve. Doesn't mean that you can't grow or learn. But it's a failure, in my opinion. Milwaukee today, in case you missed it, they fired Adrian Griffin. Yeah, there's something there, right? They've they've got they're thirty and thirteen. Don't tell me about the offense and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah no, no, something no, no. something's got to be up with that. I mean, now you got a report from Walsh saying that Doc Rivers is one of the veteran coaches that they're going to bring in to potentially replace him. And if that's well, the case, that'll fix it. Yeah, if, if that's the case, and it's like, oh, so you think that that's you want a, a, an adult in the room? You want somebody with more experience in the room to be able to manage who you have in that room? I I guess I'll hear that, but to to move on from the guy when you're thirty and thirteen, I mean, you're six and four in your last ten. Something has to be up. There has to be more to it than than what we'll ever know. Or you're just a, an organization that's looking and saying, all right, he's good, but we can do better. We can find somebody better, somebody with more experience, somebody with more of a pedigree. I don't know. Kind of breaking uh, breaking news here in the last hour or so in the sports bar. We'll uh, shift to Amherst Hockey here in a little bit. Seth Appert, Rochester Americans head coach, joins us in a little under a half an hour from now. You can join us as well. On the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line at 866-4326. We've got some takes next. Yes, and it's a big, big night. We're going to find out who goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame. We may have a special guest coming. Oh, who cares? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Danger. Is, is, wait, we, Baseball Hall of Fame. Who's, who votes on that? The Baseball Writers of America. Oh, Wow, I wonder yeah, what the so temperature is right now yes. high atop Mount Pius. Maybe maybe we can get one of them to come down with uh, the peasantry here and, and mingle amongst us and let us know exactly what's on their mind. Can't wait. Uh, I've also got a non-sports take that I would like to share. Something that uh, my wife pointed out that I do, that I didn't realize I do, but now that I know that I do it, I'm really going to lean into it. And I think every guy should lean into this. Okay. It's a habit that we have. Or at least some of us have. We'll get to that and more next. I'll drink to that is on the way in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. You're listening to the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. On 95.7 FM and AM 950, the fan Rochester. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.